1: Welcome to my good bad brain I'm a normal person, so I'm insane I've got depression and ADHD But I'm doing better since I medicated me I'm still not always sure whether I exist Or what being a person even really is But I figured out a long time ago that been alive is beautiful been <laughs> <What's up? laughs> a little while i guess uh I mean I don't guess it's I, it's been a little while i have been m i a on these things we've been doing the stream every sunday and uh frankly I feel <laughs> pretty good <laughs> about that that I've managed to actually fucking keep that going um but You know, I've been very remiss on getting y'all episodes uh, for the pod for the week. So I'm doing five today. I'm dropping five of these. Uh, Yeah, I don't. It's just quarantine stuff, life stuff. Um I did realize, yeah. You know, I just so everyone knows, if they care, I did uh, order Doctor Nick a new microphone because I was going through and listening, and I'm editing these to make them a little better. But I'm like, wow, my mic is a lot better than Doctor Nick's, and it's probably not as fun or soothing to listen to. Uh, Soothing—that's a little presumptuous, Jared. But you know what I mean. It's just like I know it can be difficult, like listening to a phone call, basically. But um, I really like the conversations we have so hopefully the substance wins out for uh that over the auditory experience but uh in any case you know i've been doing a lot of stuff uh one thing i want to just mention i mean some of you know a lot of the folks who have come around for the the streams every weekend have been doing it with me but we're doing this quarantine calisthenics thing every day at noon on instagram and sometimes on zoom uh, it's just on in my Instagram account, Jared underscore sleeper, or every day at noon is where I post uh, all the all the previews of moves every day. And uh, man, that's been great. Like this little squad, the quarantine has really come up around it. And that little community and that little daily ritual has been pretty great. We've done like, oh, I think 75. It's going to be 75th workout tomorrow, which is nutty. And uh, it's just nice. This nice little supportive virtual group and just between that and other little projects and then work stuff, working on allergies and stuff, it's just been hard to to get these pods done week to week. And then that thing happens, especially if you have ADHD, where you know, one little thing becomes a big pile of things, and then the big pile of things seems kind of fucking overwhelming, and you just don't want to tackle it. So, you know, I just I'm just making myself. I had, you know, I'm making myself do it, I'm making myself get all, all five of them out. Today and just kind of catch up and um, I don't know. Just feel so fractured sometimes, you know. Identity, it's like it's like a mix of you know my identity's fractured or or I feel like a shapeshifter or something like that. And I guess it's interesting because still to me it's I don't know. It was coming up in the Discord today. There's a Discord now. The one that uh, is the my good bad brain Discord. I just converted it to include a quarantine channel and stuff like that. And it's been more active. And people were asking each other how they found QC, you know. And uh, it's all these different roots, I guess, to, to my, to my fucking thing. Like some people were my good, bad brain listeners and some of them are ologies, listeners, listen, ologies. Someone knew me from clever, uh, seeing me on cheat day, stuff like that. And I was just thinking like, that's, that's how I've always felt is this strange, uh, it's a strange feeling like nobody knows you or something. Um, and, 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 it's like, who's to blame for that, Jared? Like, nobody knows you. What does that mean? I mean, some of it's uh, you and some of it's the world. Some of it's me, right? Like, well, if you feel like, why do I feel like no one knows me? That becomes like, oh, well, I guess it's because I'm not like putting my true self out there. What does that mean? Are you, are you not? No, I am. I just feel like there's this part of me, this one thing that I really think I am and I'm not doing that. Well, why don't you do more of that? Why? And it just turns into this weird thing. It's like, well, I don't know. Some of it's maybe just like a sickness of our society. You have to have your brand really locked down, you know, like literally everyone, not even, even if you're not like in the entertainment industry, like every individual, they want you to have your brand, like figure out what your job is and who you are and where you're supposed to go and what you do so people can see you and go, oh, that's the guy who he bakes bread, you know, or whatever. So it's strange to just be this sort of public uh identity I I put out there and doing this and and you know still feeling like rooted in theater I guess some kind of performance where it's like everything's just a skin you put on and it's all just as true it's really strange and uh I guess related to that in this which was the the eighth episode I believe in this stream from a few weeks back I kicked off with a question asking Dr. Nick um Basically about, like, why am I numb to kindness, you know? Why, when people say nice things to me, do I just, it goes it goes in and out of me? Or I, you know, reject it sometimes. Um, so we talk about that a little bit. I've been trying to work on it more because I, I realize, I think it's tough in my relationship. I think it's tough on everything, you know, when... You don't think about it because you know we're raised this like in our society so often, whether it's just Catholic or Protestant or just like whatever. Just just that you it's good to be a martyr, it's good to be bad, it's good to be like, no, I'm bad, I'm bad, everyone else is good, that kind of a thing. And you don't kind of realize, like, hey, it's actually pretty rude to not be able to accept love or kindness, like, especially if someone loves you and they feel like they can't get through to you and it just rolls off you. It's an easy way to make someone feel like you're not really there and, you know, you're really disconnected. And, you know, sometimes it's not our fault, really. You know, sometimes it's it's depression stuff and, and ADHD stuff for me, big time ADHD. That's a really common thing with ADHD is people feeling like you don't care about them. And you're like, no, no, I do. I just, this brain is bad with things like short-term memory or getting outside of my own head and things like that, listening sometimes. So just been thinking about it and it was good to talk about that. Um some questions from the audience came in later about um also related to identity I suppose and good or bad feelings talking about uh self-harm. Someone asked a question about how they're a mom and and sometimes people like say hey how would you feel if your kids saw you do that or knew that you're doing that and that that actually stirs a little bit of resentment because you know it's like well it's so hard not to have your identity just tangled up with these kids you had and I totally get that. You know like you don't exist except as this thing so I think that's very interesting, and uh, you know, as usual, it just it turned into a nice, it turned into a really nice conversation. So, um, I've I've preambled enough here. Um, I'll just mention also that I think uh, I'm going to be changing the um, Good Bad Brain Patreon up a little bit, just to be more of a general Jarrett Patreon. I feel like, you know, this by Good Bad Brain is definitely just one of the things that I do and between the quarantine calisthenics, which should become pretty consistent and other art and things that I like to create and have done over the years, I just might as well. I'm not going to stop doing good, bad brain. I love it. You know, keep doing the Sunday live streams. I hope if you've joined or if you want to join there, they're really lovely. Sunday, 10 a.m. Just talk to Dr. Nick about whatever people want to talk about. Um, they've been nice. It's just a great resource, I think, because uh, he's a legit researchy pro, you know? Um, and it's free. It's just a way to talk. Anyway, thank you all so much. Thanks for sticking around, if you're sticking around. And uh, without further ado, I'll, I'll keep these, because especially I'm dropping five today. I'm not going to do a whole big, long intro to each one, obviously, saying what's up and, hey, because I don't need to waste your time. But, uh, you know, I'll drop these all, and then I'll get more steady with them. And I don't know. I I'll Bring back some brain breathers, maybe. I think the brain breathers are nice sometimes. See but People seem to say that they like those. It feels validating. All right. That's enough little ramble putting the ramble and preamble you know what i'm saying all right thank you all so much uh check out patreon.com slash my good brain if you want to support there go to my if you want shirts or anything like that or quarantine gear and uh check us out at youtube.com slash j sleeper on sunday mornings at 10 a.m that's where we're gonna This will stream podcasts each week all right y'all uh that, that that'll be that thanks so much see ya self care hydrate be well
0: Whoa, postal trucks going by right now. Doesn't feel right.
1: What do you mean? Oh, we're live. Okay. Wait, what do you mean postals? Oh, like postal trucks? trucks? Like a bunch of them in a row?
0: No, that would have been fucking crazy. That would, just that, would be very,
1: that would be like extremely Jade Helm, you know?
0: I'd have to jump out and see what was going on if it was a caravan of postal trucks <laughs> cruising by. Do
1: you do you remember Jade Helm, like that like conspiracy theory that was like no. that was like the UN was gonna like uh Use some obscure UN law that Obama made to like come occupy, like to take guns and occupy parts of Texas. I don't know. It's called Jade Helm because of the blue the hats that they, you know, the, the UN helmets, and they were gonna like uh, use old Walgreens or something, like Walmart's, and they were like turning them into camps. <laughs> I love that stuff. I really wanted. To, um, I really wanted to make like a whole like web series about like a,
0: yeah. About, like, it, you heard some of the the like. Reopened protester, MAGA protesters were talking about the New World Order and this other... I mean, it's just...
1: There's so much... It, it, it's uh, so bizarre to, like... Like, someone was... Like, like, one of the signs I saw literally said, profits over people. <laughs> like, they're yeah, holding... So- and you're like, are you... I, it's just so strange to see, like, trolling evolve into, I guess, like, a worldview... You know?
0: Yeah. And right. not in
1: like a fun – I mean I like to troll. A,
0: sincere, a sincerely felt, if not considered worldview. I mean the other thing I just – I also – I just think you know, like our education is just so – system of education is just so far behind what people need to know. Like people – I'm sorry. People can read – and this is someone who loves to read the classics and I had like a very – traditional classical education you know like i had to read the greeks in college you know which i love i think everyone should do that but people need to know now how to read and evaluate a news article yes and how to like evaluate basic statistics like these are the things that people need to graduate high school knowing they don't really need to read like fucking jane Eyre, you know they can do that later but they need to know how to like look at it A graph and be like, this is bullshit, or like read and news article and be like, "Mm, this seems like nonsense.
1: Yeah, how to vet sources and stuff like that. Some some modicum of like uh,
0: basic critical. Yeah, like internet literacy and critical thinking. I would much rather have like people learn that shit than read Crime and Punishment. Although I love Crime and Punishment, they can read that later.
1: Hold on, I forgot to do this part. hi hi everybody now we're here <laughs> hi now we're here Sorry, <laughs> i um forgot to transition us from the pre-show screen to the it'll pop over in just a second hold on but it's uh whatever now we're live um, oh dude yeah
0: just quick question. Maybe if anyone's watching, I'm curious to, uh, about what they think also. Have you seen that show Midnight Gospel on Netflix?
1: No. I haven't heard of
0: it. Uh, you're going to love it. It's bonkers. What is it? What is it? It's an, basically, it's like a, a podcast but set to completely trip the fuck out animation. So it's – believe
1: That's – wait. Maybe I have – is it a Spanish show?
0: No, it's not Spanish. It's like the guy has a universe simulator and every episode. He, like, launches himself into a different planet in a different body and has a conversation with somebody interesting. Cool. And it's set to just completely bonkers, like, you know, animation. animation.
1: Oh, yeah. This looks awesome. I'm very The like
0: first one Dr. Drew, and it's hilarious. Is it? Yeah. I will- but they're great yeah there's one with Damian Eccles i mean it's kind of like uh, i i can't remember the guy's name who who uh is the creator but he actually has a very sophisticated understanding of buddhism and buddhist principles i mean he's obviously a serious student and practitioner who? and so he taught a different the guy who created it I, I think it's the guy who i don't want to get it wrong i think it's the Henry guy who ward? did ward yes
1: Yes, that's he does Adventure Time and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, so he he is c- very clearly has studied a lot of Buddhism. Uh, yeah. So yeah, great. I, really, I recommend it to everyone.
1: Um. Oh yeah, Emily said she's very excited to see the show. The creator of Adventure Time made it. Hi everyone. Yeah. Um. Great. Y'all, we don't. I don't really have like topics or anything today. If you guys have any questions or things you want to bring up, feel free to pop them into the chat and we'll respond as we go but otherwise it's just kind of like a hang a hang session and saying what's up um i was going to hijack some of it about some emotional process kind of things cuz i was i was having this 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 might seem so i was like i i was like laughing at at the notion of asking the question cuz it's so like therapy (laughs) but i think uh valuable which was like why can't i feel love um but but also kind of seriously (laughs) uh the thought i was basically it's comes from this thing happening the other day which uh so you know rogue will know about it and so um (sighs) i've been doing that calisthenics which is like so nice you know it's been like this nice thing we do it at noon every day these workouts whatever and the group got together and made this really beautiful like video of like 15 or so of them that uh unbeknownst to me and they're all like all over the world like there's people in germany and like all over the u.s and and they're just like doing a move and they go nothing left in the tank and because it's i guess that's the thing that i say all the time without like realizing when we're doing the workouts and it was just so nice maybe very emotional i was like crying about it and like feeling very like wow that's so cool to see all these people but then uh every time when people are like nice to me throughout my whole life like as far as long as I can remember at least if they say nice things to me or are nice to me or express uh love even with Allie and stuff like something in me just like shuts off completely you know just like feels very numb. Like I can, I try not to be rude. I used to be so rude without, um, thinking about it. Um, and, uh, like i remember when i was uh i did this play when i was a teenager i think about this moment often cuz i was like what a fucking idiot i was but not. it's a very small thing but it's like after a show of this play that i did this uh person i was like only a teenager in it and it was like a professional show so it was like very cool for me and somebody else who was like a friend of a colleague said like you were so good in the show or what what really great job and i just said oh acting's all bullshit like you know what i mean i couldn't nothing anybody ever said nice to me i had to like disregard it completely i was just like I don't know. But anyway, so this is – so I'm just kind of curious if there's anything that uh exists or is, you know, known uh about like that kind of weird reaction to kindness or uh, affection where I – you know, because I always – I don't know. I feel like it's – bad it's like i i you know i mean it's like the inability to receive not just bad for me but it's like impolite and also like prevents you from engaging with people and like i just don't know how i'm supposed to that's the feeling is like i don't know how i'm supposed to react but i know that i'm like uncomfortable you know what i mean and it just feels like numb it just feels like there's like this weird distance between myself and the loving feeling or thought that somebody's trying to To give me, I can believe bad things all day long, you know? Sure. Yeah. I think
0: there are a lot of ways to. So, well, okay. So, first of all, I think uh, what you're describing uh, is relatable. And I imagine many people can um, relate to that. And, And, or had similar experiences, right? Where it's kind of like you're trying to distance yourself from a compliment so that you don't have the discomfort of feeling like, either good about yourself which can feel uncomfortable sometimes or acknowledging that there's yeah. something good about you which can feel uncomfortable uh, or you don't want to seem like you're stroking your ego right which right. could all uncomfortable but then in the act of rejecting the compliments you actually are kind of insulting the other person like dismissing their view
1: yeah completely but- and you and you're like i always felt like uh self-hatred is like as narcissistic or more so than self-love like yeah, self, I, I don't even think right. it's the right word like self-love is like really hard to understand because like the narcissism is like of the notion of, i think we, we hear the term self-love and people think it means like having a crush on yourself which it shouldn't <laughs> it's like I, I always think of it as like i try to describe it to, at least this is my understanding of like having a space for love to live inside of you like having a cultivated the way the image i always have in my mind is like if There's a a place for a garden, (laughs) and if I don't keep a little bit of love there, then I won't be able to receive any, and I won't be able to give any. Like, I need a place where it lives. Otherwise, it will be taken over by the self-hate, and that'll just poison anything that comes in or goes out.
0: (laughs) So, yes. Well, I think that's a nice metaphor. And, and, uh, again, there are a couple of ways to approach this, but I think they all kind of um, emerge from the wellspring of Buddhist principles, whether or not uh, people... know that they're applying those principles so i would say it like this like the simplest way is i think the answer there is mindfulness in the sense of observing and describing your experiences and then your urges to react non-judgmentally so literally that would be putting what happens in the form of a sentence in your mind even if it means you have like a delayed response so somebody pays you a compliment and you're like This person just complimented my performance. I'm feeling the urge to like dismiss that compliment, but my my values are telling me I should just say, thank you. Thank you. Got it. You know, even if it's that slow and weird in the beginning. So the kind of Western way to, to kind of uh, describe maybe how to go about that is to just, just validate first. Like, yeah, I'm not comfortable receiving compliments and you could maybe investigate why, if you want to do that, you know, there's, you can come up with some theories that might fit your learning history of why that's the case, and then you would, might want to think about, like, well, what are my values around this issue? And if you know, and then based on your your kind of assessment of your values around that issue, use mindfulness to narrate when it comes up, and then redirect your response towards the kind of values oriented action and that's going to feel clunky and uncomfortable of course, because it's a new way of responding, but then, you know, over time you'll grease the groove of Mm -hmm. that process and it'll become more natural. So that, that's kind of like the Western mechanical way of thinking about it. But from like a Buddhist perspective, I would say, you know, you talked about the kind of um, twin extremes of like narcissism uh, and then like self-deprecation to the extreme and that's i think totally right both of those have the effect of reinforcing the the ego right Re- reinforcing this idea of like selfhood right. but in the buddhist context we there there is like this third path the, the middle path which is like yes you know i call myself me but really that's just shorthand for the like meeting place of sensory experience and interpretive Software in the brain, that sensory experience and interpretive software, those things kind of crash together long enough, there evolves just like a shorthand sort of consciousness that I just call me that feels stable. But really what it is, is just like this unbroken time trajectory of experiences and interpretation, experiences, interpretation. And that just feels like a thing that's me. But it's actually like this process of engagement between these two things and so if you think about it like that then it's kind of like so you know from one perspective it's like yeah i'm me because i am like i'm the one driving the car and i'm the one saying thank you and i'm the one cooking the food but really that's like this process of causes and conditions and a whole collection of systems and actions all interacting together in the world and i just call that me. And so if you think of it in that way, it kind of like, for me anyway, if you p- practice thinking about it in that way, it really turns the volume down on all the intensity of stuff. Cause you're like, well, this is just, you know, one ping in my lifelong trajectory of interactions between my processing consciousness, which is comprised of all these different elements and the external stimuli I'm receiving. And in this moment, like I'm, this experience is being produced and it feels like a little uncomfortable, but it's kind of like, well, you know, it becomes less sort of intent. And so it's a way of turning down the ego from the extremes of self grasping and also self hating, you know?
1: Yeah. I do think, um, I do feel like a robot. Like I think I do a little bit of the thing you're talking about. Um, maybe already, which is probably positive of being like... of just sort of narrating the experiences I'm having in a sort of uh, clumsy um, stream of conscious way, which is fine. I think there's just a way of, of maybe editing that a little bit better too, so it's not as... Uh, again like self indulgent, I guess, and self like I, I, yeah, so I think the I think the trick it seems to me, even the self narrating pause reaction can also get trapped in this cycle of like rumination of like what's going on inside yeah. my head, you know
0: right and, and I think the key there is like one bare description, like you don't need a lot of adjectives, you know.
1: Oh, bear. I thought you were saying bear, like bear it, like handle it. No, like bear, be it. I see. Yes, threat, like threat bear bear.
0: Without, without accoutrements, right? So bear description and non-judgmental language. Like if you do it with judgmental language, then you are literally practicing rumination. So it's critical that you don't allow non-judgmental language to go unexamined it's kind of like in in the buddhist text they call it being a guard at the palace gate you you can think about it like being a bouncer at the door of a nightclub like Mm -hmm. don't fucking let everybody in you know
1: yes i've never heard
0: that don't let rip the riffraff in don't let the judgments in don't let the kind of expounding you know looping ego supporting sentences in don't think back to how this is like other times no stay in the moment What's happening right this second, and nobody else gets in. And if you find them in there because they will sneak in, you kick them the fuck out.
1: That reminds me. I, I know we said last week we we're going to do a um, meditation this week. Uh, I, I've actually I did meditation yesterday on quarantine calisthenics, and I was going to do it again today. Are you available yeah. at noon? Would you like to come do it at noon?
0: Sure. Yeah, I can hop on at noon.
1: Is that okay? Usually, I do yeah. quarantine calisthenics. We go from like noon to we, we'll do it on Instagram. Uh I think I can share like I haven't tried it yet but you can do like a request to join. You know
0: I'm not on Instagram right now but Oh at all? No, not mm. no.
1: All right, well, maybe there's a way we can figure it out. But that'd be nice, because I've been doing that. We're going to do it again today. Uh, And just all the stuff you're talking about was making me think about it, because I was thinking about the, like, uh, you know, let thoughts, like, be a horse, just don't ride it. Like, let it gallop through your mind, but don't ride it. Oh, that's great. I learned about, (laughs) I do, like, this, like, Qigong sort of uh, thing that I learned in Kung Fu when I was, like, 16, and it's, like, my favorite uh, way way to meditate. But that would be nice to do. I didn't mean to like jump so hard to another topic, but if you are available, that would be cool. I did it for we did it like a 20 minute one yesterday, which I was like probably the longest I've sat and meditated.
0: That's that's cool. Yeah, that's
1: long. It was cool, man. It's like it's trippy. I'm also trying to figure out what's wrong with my bot. Like, my I have this thing keeps going numb in my shoulders but there's like nothing to do about it i was thinking like that's the next that's the next quarantine thing that ali and i were like let's get into acupuncture then we could just do some at-home acupuncture like just can we go order some needles having <laughs> <Start laughs> around and see what happens yeah i don't know we um get some or something who knows what could happen no but that is really helpful just uh it's it's kind of weird that like the the tool of uh that sort of buddhist dbt whatever thing seems to kind of just like apply to whatever you know just like you can just pause narrate your experience without value and with bare language and
0: i mean i yeah to me you know the the buddhist and again i'm familiar with the tibetan tradition so it's i think you know even people might say other things about other traditions but the tibetan tradition is a pretty
1: Oh, you there?
0: Like, It's not so much like Zen where there's like the koan that you kind of break your consciousness against because it resists interpretation. The Tibetan style is highly interpretive and academic. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, so I like
1: it. Wait, what's the first – you kind of broke up for the first half. What was the first half? There's the Tibetan one. What's the koan one?
0: Oh, Zen. So like in Zen, there's there's less – I'm not as familiar with it, so people can correct me if I'm wrong. But my understanding is that there's less overt like academic – interpretation it's more like you know um using things like the colon to resist the brain's urge to get in and, uh, and unpack and understand and to frustrate the urge to do that until it is revealed for something without inherent reality that just dissolves you know but in the Buddhist tradition, in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, that dissolving under analysis is like a highly structured, regimented system of like academic philosophical system, you know? Yeah. Uh, That's so cool. I do not know that. Well, what's yeah, the koan? I, is
1: the koan like the re- repeating, like, is that like having a mantra?
0: The koan is like one of those, It's it's something like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around, does it make a noise. Like something that's
1: unanswerable. Almost like aphorisms. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And so, oh, that's interesting. That's right. Zen Koan, right? That's like, yes. And then the Koan brothers. And then, um, and then, uh, and then, and then, so in Tibet, I didn't know that either. Maybe like that'd be a fun thing to do if you want to like do like a primer on Tibetan Buddhism or something. Um, I, like I'm gonna spring that on you, but like maybe like next week or one of these weeks that'd be like a cool episode. It's just because I've never heard yeah. the, you know, the structured. I'd be curious to know what the structured thing is. I mean, somebody yeah. said uh, Emily said. uh I put an alarm on my phone to do uh, to narrate my feelings every day since Nick recommended it a few episodes ago. I think it's helpful, which is pretty...
0: That's great. I'm really glad to hear that. I, I think the key is just to remember to do it in the present moment and without judgment.
1: Oh, that's a good point. Wait, hold on. Sorry, someone's saying, yes, that's true. Hold on. Okay, maybe that's true. Someone was like saying, like, half of us are here now, and maybe we can just do the uh, meditation on this again, but just at that sure. time when people... Okay, we'll figure that out. I'll figure it out when it happens. Yeah. Um all right, someone sent a question which we I'm going to read I'm going to read and we'll. I haven't read it yet. We'll just we'll read it out loud. Okay, I've struggled with self-harm since the early 2000s and despite finding healthier coping skills, I still find it very difficult to stop. I've talked about this before with some people that I trust and the common response I get is but you're a mom. What if your kids saw it? Well, obviously that is a concern that I take very seriously and I've always been very secretive about it. I can't help but feel pissed off by it. It's very difficult to keep your sense of personal identity as a parent already and often feels like I'm nothing more, like I'm not even a person. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that I feel there's a very strong addiction type problem with self harm, and I'd like to know if that's actually a thing or if it's all in my head.
0: Okay so there good question there's a lot there um things can be real and all in your head i mean i would just add that caveat yeah so here's the way that i approach self harm which is from a dbt perspective okay um in, in terms of how to treat it but actually so yeah self harm um typically we think about it as serving a couple of functions and i would encourage this questioner to uh Think about for themselves what is the function of self harm for you. For example, sometimes the function is to regulate emotions. Like if you're experiencing such intense emotions that if you self harm, the endorphin release associated with self harm helps to regulate your emotions. Okay, so that can be one way. Another way is to uh, serve as a communication behavior, right? Like a so if if you have a skills deficit where you're not able to, uh, or you're in a, a situation where you know. People receiving your communications don't help you as a result of their limitations and your skills deficit that uh, self-harm can serve as a communication behavior, right? To to signal to people, hey, I'm in a lot of distress. Now, if you're secretive about it and you're hiding it from people that – there's also a lot of shame involved, of course. That may indicate that it's more of an emotion regulation strategy rather than a communication behavior. But you know, you got to think for yourself. What is the function of this behavior for you? And, and really think about it. Um, I would also encourage you to uh, visit a therapist. Try to make an appointment with a therapist who can support you uh, and who's a specialist in self harm. I think it's really you know people often do work on it by themselves, but if you're in a position where you can. Uh, see a therapist, I really encourage you to do that because you deserve help and support. And there are people who specialize in helping and supporting people to stop self-harming. Okay. So from a DPT perspective, when we work with self-harm, uh, like when I work with someone who self-harms, which you know I've done many times, the reason we're so concerned about self-harm behavior as therapists is because it is a major risk factor for suicidality. Okay. And because you are rehearsing, practicing, harming the body, mm. uh, which makes it easier to harm the body in more serious and more intense ways. Okay. It's also possible to make a mistake, especially if you're, you know, drinking alcohol or using other substances. It's easy to harm yourself more than you thought you were and to put yourself at risk for dying, you know, bleeding out or something like that. So when we work in self harm, uh, what we do is, we just say to the person, look, if you want to do this treatment with me, the thing we're going to focus on to the exclusion of all else is ending self-harm or suicidal behaviors. And we can't talk about anything else, like a fight with your partner or the kids bothering you or other things in your life that are stressful. We can't talk about any of that stuff until we eliminate the self-harm behavior. So we won't do anything in therapy until you commit to stopping self-harm. And so that will cause you to think, well, how committed am I to stopping this self-harm behavior? And I I would encourage you, you know, you got to evaluate for yourself. Is this something that you're kind of like, I don't think it's that big a deal. And like, I just do it a little bit. Or is it something you really want to stop? Mm. Because to me, I want to work with someone who is committed to stopping that behavior and using other skills to regulate effectively and appropriately. So, you know, you got to ask yourself that, uh, again, it's much better to do this with a therapist. Okay. And then you need to prepare yourself because when you stop, when you commit to stopping self harm, which I urge you to do, I urge you to eliminate that from your life. Okay. Because it's so dangerous and so damaging to your sense of self. When you make that commitment, you must be ready for an upsurge in your emotional discomfort because nothing will work as fast as self-harming. You're going to have to learn to tolerate the distress that's going to exist in the gap between your urge to self-harm and your use of other strategies. So rather than having like a sharp drop-off in the discomfort, if you're using it to regulate emotions, you're going to experience an upsurge and a slow tailing off. Mm. Of those uh unpleasant emotions. And that's gonna it's gonna be that way until you get really good at the other skills. Um, so to sum that up, I would urge you to work with a therapist who specializes in self-harm, like a DBT therapist. I would urge you to diagnose the function of that behavior for yourself, and then I would urge you to make a strong commitment that you are gonna stop that behavior. And Use alternative strategies, and if you go to like dbt dot you can see um, distress tolerance would be the skill set you could use, um, to do kind of like learn cr- kind of crisis survival, emotional crisis survival, um, skills to replace that that self-harm behavior because you have to replace it.
1: Yeah, that is interesting. I, that all tracks. One thing I was wondering about was like, you know, uh, well one thing that made me think of was just like I used to, you know, the the like white boy rage punching walls thing and stuff like that. I do that count. Part, Yeah, I, I do think part of that was ba- the same like the shock of pain and destruction and expression would just like make me feel normal again. And you'd be like it's fine. It's over. I didn't mean to be so scary. It's fine. I'm just punching. The wall. I was just yeah. trying to get it out, you know. But like that that's not really unacceptable. Um I was no. still wondering is there an aspect of um like can there be an aspect because like they asked you know about this feeling of their personal identity versus being a parent and sometimes they feel like they don't even exist you know like yeah is there an aspect of like uh you know you do it to like i don't know almost as like claiming yourself you know i I feel like self-destructive behaviors can be like a thing to be like i exist and i do whatever i want with me you know
0: sure sure and i think that gets at the necessity to diagnose the function of the behavior. So if the function of the behavior is to give you a sense of separate identity, because maybe you feel like your identity has been.
1: Oh no. Hold on. Let's see if we get you back.
0: Like you probably need to be setting boundaries with your kids and your partner or your family to create some space for yourself. Like that, that's where I'm, you know, I would be going. Is there a, a skills deficit around boundary setting around carving out time for yourself? And it, maybe there are some skills deficits around feeling like you can say no to things, mm. feeling like you can say, I need you to do this because I need some time for myself. Maybe that brings up shame and guilt, which are probably emotions. You're not comfortable, I'm guessing Yeah. sharing with other people. Or regulating. So I, I could be way off base, but this would just be consistent with my clinical experience okay so it's probably the self-harm is probably masking skills deficits in other areas maybe interpersonal skills deficits yeah um and i think you know lots of i'm not a parent so i can't speak from experience but i've worked with many parents who identify this dynamic that they feel like their personal identities have kind of gone away um they don't have access to those anymore because they're in such a demanding parental role yeah so yeah i would imagine um looking at some of those uh deficits is going to be important as well
1: yeah that sounds very real i mean that whole like this is not my beautiful life is not my beautiful house thing uh you know like it feels very true that's part of like aging in general i guess but like it's very easy to like yeah so like look around and uh I mean, that's a glib way to say it, but like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I think we all experience that thing of like, what the fuck? How did I get here? And you can figure out all the steps of like things you picked along the way to be like, no, I like that. I like that. I like these things. But you can you can very really easily feel like, do I even exist? What are my desires? What well, you know, that kind of thing.
0: I also think that if you are not in the habit, which most of us aren't, of acting mindfully, it can feel even more uh you can feel even more alienated from your life because you may not actually have made those choices you may have kind of reacted stimuli may have come up you have like reacted to it and gotten pinballed into a certain trajectory and not made a whole lot of intentional decisions about getting there and that can you can feel like trapped and stuck that's why i think again mindfulness is so important because if you're not mindfully evaluating your experience and then making a decision about how to respond to it, you are just reacting and and getting kind of pinballed by your reactions into a trajectory that you didn't choose. And that can feel really fucking shitty.
1: Yeah. And then something you can choose is like, well, maybe I'll hurt myself and I can like pick that. I, I think it's
0: even, yeah, I just... Yeah, I think it's often less uh, intentional than that in my experience. Yeah, and I think it's more like I don't want to feel this way anymore and I can re- feel different really fast by doing this.
1: That's That tracks so and, much for me. That's right, really- and then
0: I don't have to have that hard conversation with my parents, with my spouse, with my partner, with my kids. Like, hey, I need you guys to fucking change your behavior and I need to yeah. change my behavior and we need to practice those structural interactional changes over time in order to get the whole system to behave differently. That's hard and it takes work and it takes repeated efforts over time. It's much faster to do the self-harm, but the result is you never get those changes you want. They just persist.
1: Yeah. That sounds like, yeah. I don't know. That's uh that tracks. That's definitely like why I, I feel like that, that looking for an outlet that trying to avoid the gradual change the the looking for something that just sharply <laughs> brings my reality uh into one point of focus is definitely i don't know where any sort of risk seeking behaviors i've had you know stuff like that i feel like uh i don't know they say that like i was i was watching ozark uh that, you know it's great so good. But there's yes, yeah. a bipolar character in this third season. And I just like, I think he's so good. I think he's so good at acting bipolar and uh i mean my dad was bipolar and i've been worried that i'm bi i don't know but like that's the crazy thing about it. Allie, when i were watching she's like does it remind you of your dad and i was like yeah but it also just reminds me of me and just like how strange it is to try to distinguish but like a lot of like the some of the adhd stuff some, like there were things that they said like risk-seeking behavior and blah blah that i was like yeah that all that all tracks for like you know, you just go drive your motorcycle too fast, maybe while you're drunk or something like that. And things that you would do because, like, that would put you into, like, now. Like, there was no ruminating. There was no, uh, you know, figuring I mean, out it the was, future.
0: Honestly, it's all it's fun to do that, even though it's a terrible idea.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just it just did so much. It was such an extreme experience that you were just so present. And, and being in the present, that extreme was, like, way easier than... uh I don't know then where my brain goes when I don't have some immediate threat to my life.
0: Totally. Totally.
1: Um, well, yeah, I don't know that's, I hope that for our listeners, you know, I hope that,
0: I hope hope this person will follow up with us if that's not tracking with their experience, but, but please, if if you're able to, please do try to find a DB therapist because it's really, it's like the specialty of that. Um, treatment protocol I and mean, I think it could really, really help.
1: I, I know this is gonna be like too simplifying, but it just it does um when I did an episode a long, long time ago with my buddy Zeke, who uh who's been in AA for a long time, he was talking about this thing called the God shaped hole that like they yeah. uh you know they'd refer to. And um mm-hmm. and I thought that was really striking because that that came out of that came up in conversation when I was talking about I when I went into did Al uh and I was and I looked at the wall because a lot of those AA you know a lot of those twelve step Rooms are like shared by various twelve-step programs, so you can look around and see the like tenets of the different, and you're like, wow, they're all the same. Like it doesn't matter if it's uh, sex and love or or narcotics or alcohol, or what, they're all like the same. And he was like, yeah, it's the God-shaped hole. It's like we, they, everyone has the same thing. It's just like, what are you putting into it? And like, I feel like, uh, you know, whether or gambling or or whatever, it's like the same thing. And um. I don't know. I, I think my brain tends to maybe over um, analogize, analogize things like maybe makes everything everything is everything in my mind. But I really do think that uh, that like it, it, it always seems like all this mental health stuff, a lot of the behaviors are coping mechanisms with the same root there's a similar root issue of like related to like who i am and and what i am and why i am or something like that and they're just coping with that in different in different with different strategies you know what i mean or your body's like trying to find uh uh equilibrium with different strategies and just you know yeah
0: i mean i think i, I agree I, I think the I would go even a little farther and I would say, I think the, the reason we need to deal with those like thoughts is because they trigger emotions, you know, emotions, learning to regulate your emotions in an effective way is really the root of therapy, learning to manage and regulate your emotions, developing some expertise and managing and regulating your own emotions in a way that allows you to do the things that you want to do. Uh, I think that's really the at root that is the key of therapy uh yeah. more important than some kind of epiphany or understanding it's regulating your emotions because if you didn't have any emotions then you wouldn't need to be in therapy and you would have a shitty boring life because you know well there would be nothing going on but understanding and kind of um yeah, developing a sort of personal narrative, all these things. I think the reason they're so important is because they help us to regulate emotions and make sense of emotions. So that's my take. You know, other people have different takes, but that's my experience. That's that's my take.
1: Someone said um... – Oh, two two things. we got a question. I'll just read this thing first, though. I struggled with self-harm, and my therapist, every time I told him I had cut, he would ask me, what purpose did it serve? And I never really knew what the answer was until recently. I'd drawn a picture of myself with a speech bubble with a scribble, and the scribble goes inside my head, and then I fall to the ground with a dark scribble taking over my body. We talked about this drawing, and I realized that I was drawing that I couldn't express my emotions and how I was feeling, and so, self harm was a result of me unable to express myself. So now, when yeah. I have the feeling of self harming, I think, can I express my feelings in a different way, and that's helped. Yeah.
0: So that's like a perfect example of the the self harm behavior covering a skills deficit, right? And I, the reason I say skills deficit is because it's different from you're fucked up and there's something wrong with you. There's not. There's just a skills deficit, mm. and the skill deficit that you had was describing your emotional experience and why on earth would you know how to do that unless you had been taught how to do that it's difficult to do it so it's not that you're fucked up it's that you didn't learn how to regulate your how to describe your emotions and describing your emotions in a way that feels real is a critical determinant of regulating them even just knowing the words so like sometimes when people come in and they like especially if they like
1: Oh, just no. wait hold on
0: lists of emotion oh, words wait, like
1: slow back oh go back like okay. 30 seconds
0: yeah so like sometimes what you need to do is just give people like lists of emotion words so that they have more words than mad sad glad whatever hmm. like there's like just there's like 50 words for angry and like it's important to know them because you know frustrated and mad aren't enough you know like knowing the granular language to use makes it feel more manageable and real.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: So it makes total sense to me what this person is saying. That the yep. function there was to regulate emotion and the deficit was that they didn't have the language yet to describe the emotion.
1: That's something I think as a society like if we could just remove our tendency to inject like negative morality into ignorance, you know, like saying like like if we, like one thing I think about a lot uh or just the injection of morality into everything, like into our calculations. Like, like one thing that's very frustrating is talking about um, food, nutrition, and exercise with people. Is like, uh, is like, my friend Lizzie said it really well. One time was she was like, um, "There's no such food. There's no such thing as like food that's like bad for like." What did she say? It was like the point was like, um, like carbs. Are, like sugar isn't bad. It just is a molecule that re- reacts in a way. Like you know, you're not a bad person for eating certain things. It's like if you could just remove the sense of po- like good bad morality from like everything, and they're just going no. It's like a calculation. There's like it's just yeah. like a way f- physics works. It's like molecules interact with each other and do these things. Sure. It, you're not a good person or a bad person because you exercised or didn't or ate this and ate this instead. You, you know. Know?
0: Yeah. The moral the moralizing of all behaviors for it's just an example of this cognitive shorthand. Like what's right. the easiest shortcut for behavior is calling something good or bad. It's like the easiest and quickest shortcut for influencing behavior. Is to, is to call something good or bad, and it just has zero relation to reality. It's yeah, just...
1: Yeah, that, that's make so sense important. To do that. important. That's so... Like, it has zero... Like, calling something good or bad has zero relation to reality. Is so good, because I definitely feel that way. Like, my tapes start up, like, when I don't know how to manage my feel or I'm like, ah, you fucking idiot, and that kind of a thing is, you know? When you're right, it's like... It's not my fault that, like, my little baby spirit never learned that thing, you know? Now I can try to learn it. I can try to, like, I'm more grown up. I can, like, try to teach, educate myself or or seek out resources. But there's no, like, you're a fucking idiot and you're a dumb piece of shit because you didn't learn these coping mechanisms, you know?
0: Right. And also, like, that's why it's so important to... I mean, the, the fog of the like moral economy, the, the bullshit, fake moral economy of good and bad that's foisted on us by our superficial, pedantic, silly media, it, it, you must penetrate through that. So what does it mean to say, oh, I ate a whole pizza, I'm bad? What does that mean? How does your body feel? Does, how does your body feel? What thoughts are you experiencing right now? What are the emotions that you're experiencing? Describe them. Describe them in granular detail without judgment. And that's the result of this in this moment of you eating the whole pizza. Not you being bad. What the fuck does that even mean? It doesn't have any meaning.
1: Right. Yeah, that's so, so
0: For me, because I have a lactose problem, it'd be like, well, now I feel like my stomach it hurts. Yes. My you know, I I I'm having the thought that there's an undigestible ball of cheese in my stomach. I'm now having some thoughts like I'm experiencing the thought that I shouldn't have done that. Why? Well, it's pointing back to the physical discomfort. Okay, it's really a physical discomfort problem that
1: I have. Yeah, yeah.
0: Does that mean I'm bad? No, I'm just physically uncomfortable right now. Am yeah. I more Spiritually and morally bad because of that? Yeah. It's
1: craziness. No, you are. You are. You're weak willed. You're a weak willed bitch, and you have uh, no interest in any sort of self preservation or kindness to yourself, which probably means you don't have any sense of kindness towards other people either. You know, right. if you're so irresponsible that you would do something like that to yourself, then probably you're a garbage piece of shit. Toxic <laughs> entity that spreads that to the world around you. Isn't that what your brain tells you? Isn't that the correct thing that your brain should be telling oh, you because yeah. you ate pizza? <laughs>
0: right, right. I mean, like, how absurd is that? So it's
1: absurd. Uh, so, don't, don't do that. It's oh yeah, totally absurd. That's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. ha ha ha. ha. I never do anything. That's totally absurd. Ha, 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 ha. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Somebody uh, asked a question that I wanted to um uh i wanted to address uh someone said following up on last week's quote if you're worried about being smarter than your therapist you're doing therapy wrong uh any tips on telling difference between they actually don't specialize in what i need help with and they aren't helping me in the way i want them to help um am i just looking uh for some perfect fit that doesn't exist slash is less important than just doing the work
0: Okay. So this is a good question. Let me, there are a couple things, different strains braided together into this question. So one, you need to like your therapist, give it some time, you know, but if you're, if you've gone to therapy like four times to, with the same person and you're like, I, this is just not a good fit, then don't see them anymore. Because that, that, the most the research indicates that most of the, what determines the outcome of therapy is the relationship with the therapist. Mm. It doesn't mean that you need to have, like, a chummy best buds relationship. It just means that you need to – the relationship needs to be working for you. And so you probably need to like them, okay, like at least you need to trust them. Um, so that's important, okay, and, and you should shop around. Like anything, any other care provider, you should – Fucking chop around until you find someone you like Two, you should ask them, what is your specialty? What kind of uh, issues and problems do you work with? And what have your outcomes been like and what's your theoretical orientation? And if they're like, uh, they don't, can't answer any of those questions, I wouldn't see that person. If I'm like, what's your theoretical orientation? And they're like, I just I'm, I'm, I just talk. Well, OK, I, I don't need you for that. So they should have a coherent answer to what their theoretical orientation is, what kind of training they've received, and what kind of problems they specialize in. They yeah. should be able to articulate that to you in a convincing way. And if they can't, I would find someone who can, because there are people who can. But then the other thing is, uh, what the second part of the question was like. Am I was, something I was, want? Uh, is, like,
1: tips on telling the difference between they actually don't specialize in what I need help with and they aren't helping me in the way I want them to help. Yeah, oh, am I just looking for a perfect fit that doesn't exist slash is less important than just doing the work?
0: Well, okay. So the que- the, the piece I wanted to get at there is uh, how is it that you want them to help you? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you sometimes people come in and they're like hey I'm here and it was such a huge step for me to just fucking get here like getting in this door took so much work that you can't see I want you to make me feel better now oh. like that, that happens a lot and that's not gonna work so if that's what you want then you need to adjust your kind of frame if you're like I want someone to teach me some skills and help me to learn these and apply these different skills so that i can start to change the parts of my life that aren't working for me well then i think you're on the right track if, if it's more like that you know so it, the the answer there is it depends but mm-hmm. but to kind of sum up ask them about their theoret- theoretical orientation ask them what kind of problems they work with and where they were trained and you know let them convince you to I think your your orientation towards receiving help needs to be something like I'm asking this person to help me make changes by learning skills and applying them effectively. Okay, That's kind of. And then the third one is, yeah, I don't think there's a perfect fit, but you should have a positive sense of your relationship with your therapist. And if you've gone like three or four times and you don't have that move on. Yeah, There's no reason why the first person you see should be, like, the right one,
1: you know? That makes sense. Yeah, I – yes, I totally feel that. I, I feel like uh, it It does kind of it, – it just keeps making me think of, like, seeking out a martial arts class. It's yeah. like there's yeah, – yeah. Yes. So many different reasons you could be going to do martial arts and like people who are really into like talking about how bullshit martial arts are different martial arts are like, oh, that's useless or whatever. It's like there's also this other question was like, well, what are you going to the class for? Like, what do you want to do martial arts for? Like, if it's just like some of us, yeah, you just want to be able to be good at fighting. Sure. That's like how you start. But like. A lot of there's a lot of other very good reasons to be going to a martial arts class, like community totally. or like internal mastery or to learn a b- b- beautiful way to move or, or whatever. There's like so many reasons that are not even related to the martial part, that are not even related to like the being good at fighting. That like you know what I mean? But it, it demands a kind of like personal investigation, but also that personal investigation. I feel like if you've been around like martial arts enough and, and similar to therapy is like, you should be able to smell out when you're in a place that's like just a pseudo cult that you're just like, Oh, there's a bad vibe here. They're going to be like harassing me about like, where you been? Why aren't you in class in a shitty way? Not in a, like a nice way, you know, things like that. You, I'm sure same thing with a therapist. If you go and like, like you said, they don't have a good answer about their pedigree or they get annoyed that you ask about another pedigree, but their training, I think is a better way to think of it. But it's not like an elitism. It, thing. It's like be- a,
0: Yeah, they should be non-defensive about that. They should be excited to tell you about it. Like when people would ask me that, I'd be like, "Oh, awesome!" Like, yeah, let me like, yeah, you're gonna ask me this because you're gonna get a lot, you know. But (laughs) but if they're defensive and weird about it, that's a major red flag to me. Yeah, I'm like, okay, you're this should not be this type of interaction. This is yeah and and you know perfect fit yeah i don't really believe in a perfect fit for anything but one that you can work you know like dude sometimes we would, i would be in villains and I'd be like oh my god dude when are we going to start drilling like it's been like 40 minutes you yeah, know i know yeah but i fucking love villains and i know yeah like i've never found anywhere that i like better than that it's it was
1: funny cuz i do think about villains in particular is is a place that i've i've always felt like i acknowledge that i love it and it was good for me because i had such a and i do think part of it was cuz i already had a strong foundation in uh fundamentals and i trained yeah. for a long time before showing up there that it does have a very um uh it's it's i think very like the best school i've been to for people who have some um what's the, what are the uh, lexicon of jiu already? Because you're... The, and I was like, this works for me really well because I like to break things down. I like to talk about it for a long time and then I like to roll and they still do the hard rolling. But I was like, I could see being brand new here when like maybe all you should be doing is like drilling triangles and, you know, shrimping your ass off for like hours. It's like... I could see how that could be like frustrating or being like, What are we what's happening? You know, like so much of that is probably just noise when like you're going into like granular details about like crab rides and you know <laughs>
0: Yeah. But, um, I mean, I have to say, when it was like inverted guards, I was just like, all right, I'm not.
1: And you're just like brand new.
0: <laughs> you're like, you're I'm, gonna you're really <laughs> no, I'm, gonna, I'm just not going to do it.
1: That being said, I really like, I think, uh, not to like keep talking about very specifically my jiu-jitsu school, but Nathan's approach is, I think, very innovative. And like, I'm curious to see how it plays out for some of the people who have like started at villains. Like if they do manage to like hack their way into like high technique things quicker. And if they're able to apply them more and more, um, because to me, a lot of the high technique stuff is really hard to do without a foundation in the fundamental shit. uh, Yeah. Because like, you'll just get crushed on the fundamental shit before you even get to doing your, very technical stuff anyway um, someone said thank you I felt guilty pretentious about thinking various folks didn't have a coherent theoretical framework oh good glad to know it's okay to expect that and that it doesn't mean necessarily that I'm avoiding hard work yeah absolutely there you go that was just somebody who asked that question
0: yeah. I would just say one more, two more things one is I really missed you guys say hi to Nathan I like really miss that place so much pop but... in
1: for the classes if you, the zoom classes I'm sure you'd be welcome if you wanted Monday and Thursday nights
0: Okay, I will do that. Oh, I can't I, do it on I'm Monday, but I'll that. I'll do it on maybe on Thursday I can do it. They're really
1: uh, cool and they're really like I think you'll like them because they're so – they're very like – it's just I've never seen anybody else do anything like it. I think he's made a big impression on Damien as well. Like Damien popped in for that one class and stayed for like an hour and a half when he meant to stay for 20. And then he had him basically run it back, like do another seminar for the other owners of Damien My Affiliates. Oh, cool. It's really cool. I mean like Nathan's really doing – cool shit i think with the, i was like dude you should you could make this like a weird little series that people would like sign up for yeah,
0: yeah. i mean you know one thing no one could ever say about him is that he doesn't care about the students you no, know he he's really
1: care. and he's just so like encyclopedic with like technical knowledge and, and especially also him and jfig is too actually they're amazing pair like their knowledge of uh Sorry, I'm just getting a discussion about our, my jiu-jitsu school, but like it, just like their their knowledge of um competition history and matches people have had and like finding examples of things. I was thinking when they were doing it last time I was like in like um NFL or or like, you know, football like this is common where you have like
0: Yeah, watching the tape.
1: Yeah. Like you have watching and tape and then you have like specialists sure. who are like coaches and assistant coaches and whatever who would like go over this stuff with people. And that it's interesting that in other like fight sports, yes, of course, at high levels coaches they review tape and that's part of it for sure. But like that at a more consistent level, there's not a more um sort of I don't know scholarly is the right word, but it kind of is like that sort of approach to breaking yeah. the tape, talking about examples, trying to look for strategies and not it's just it's- for sure. Yeah, not just like drilling and rolling forever and hoping you absorb it. You know, like
0: yeah. the other thing I would just respond to this person about is like some people just value different things, right? Like some people want kind of an intellectual approach to their therapy. Like I kind of like that approach. And so, you know, sometimes I would get a patient who would do that, would kind of like quiz me and then I would like explain my background and stuff. And they'd be like, oh, okay, this is like kind of what I wanted. <laughs> Other times I've had people who were like not into my approach because it's like maybe it's a little bit too much like that, you know. Um, so you'll in, – in the sense of fit, there are therapists who are more aligned with probably what it seems like, what I'm interpreting. It seems like you're looking for. So you'll find that person, yeah. you know.
1: Um, yeah, last thing I'll I'll just read because – I have to go to the bathroom really bad, and we're already like seven minutes from the end anyway, so it's fine. We'll call. Um, uh, Someone said there who does QC with me. I like the way you described getting rid of arm flab; really changed my perspective. So just backing up made it practical rather than emotional. I just wanted to share this again because I I changed my perspective of things. I started thinking things more about this, and I've noticed it in. It's interesting certainly there's plenty of total fucking maniacs in the fitness world like who you know are are have beautiful you know in the traditional sense bodies and just hate themselves and are maniacs about it and whatever and you can totally poison right. your brain by like counting calories too much and getting like too deep down the thing of being like oh this part doesn't cut enough you know or whatever absolutely i'm not saying like people who are in super good shape are like mentally healthy cuz usually not but I will say something that I, I was good for me when I started getting into physical fitness and sort of like body manipulation and and shaping and and one thing i like about talking about bodies with friends who are also into that who are into like either like hitting weight classes for martial arts or other sports or um into uh you know just body like bodybuilder types like my friend lizzie who moved from being a powerlifter to like just for fun was like i want to do a a figure show i'm gonna like try to just cut like a bodybuilder The way they talk about their bodies with a lot less morality and like it's like they're describing a horse or something like that is so refreshing to talk to somebody and talk about your own body and their body as just like it's not – sexualized it's not flirty it's not like um uh, judgy in like a a your spirit is bad way because you have like this body fat percentage or something like that it's so refreshing and then the way they approach like being like no if you want to change a part of your body it's not about how disciplined or good a person you are or bad a person you are it's like about inputs of uh You know, physical stimulus and then a body's response to that stimulus and then the sort of like molecules and chemicals you have inside of your body that contribute or detract from those uh, body reactions to that stimulus. It's just a function of you know, physical stuff, like physical laws of nature. And it has nothing to do with if you're a good person or a bad person or a pretty person or an ugly person or like all this shit that we like add on to it. And that's like yeah. very refreshing. Is to say, like, if you, hey, if you want, if you want to get rid of arm flab, quote unquote, it's, it's not. It's like it's the same thing as like um one thing I always that struck me, and I and I get pedantic about sometimes, but I like is like the infantilizing language, especially for um the marketing towards women in the fitness world of like sh- slimming and like toning and shaping and all this nonsense is like you can hypertrophy. Yeah. You can hypertrophy or you can atrophy a muscle. That's it. You can't shape it, lengthen it, tone it. Like you can't do those things. Yeah. You know? So it's like this idea that well, like, I, I don't, don't want to get, what, what? Like what is, what, They just don't have meaning, those words. Like, no what meaning. does it mean? Yeah. Physically,
0: what does that mean? I, I, it's a, it describes a process that doesn't exist.
1: Right. It's just like this, It's it's nonsense to keep you like, to sell you shit, basically
0: happy. yeah Unhappy. you don't buy things when you're happy
1: right and then Here's like, the word that, yeah
0: like one sentence that i heard that i really like i forget who said it but I, like it helped me as i kind of evolve and get older and things change Where it's just like i want the body to serve the mind i don't yeah. want my mind to serve my body like what the fuck is this sick slavery of that you know i want my body to serve my mind
1: Yes. 100%. For me um I think my overwhelming and maybe this is a negative way to put po- but it's just the one that's stuck in my head and I still have is like I often I I my my physical practices and are generally about making my body feel less like a prison than it does that like I want to be able to move relatively freely. I want to be able to... Like, if I want to climb a thing, I can climb a thing. If I want to jump, I can jump. If I want to, like, stretch weird, I can stretch weird. Um, The fact that I can't just do backflips on command bothers me, but that's fine. You know, I just... The the more I can reduce... And that includes pain in my body. I want to reduce pain in my body as much as possible. And then allow my body to, like, create positive sensations for myself. So that includes eating things that taste good and feel good and are fun and whatever, but then also limiting the discomfort I cause myself with my own finicky IBS or whatever and trying to balance those things. But just as much as I can treat my vessel uh, I, I've I've also kind of had this idea of like my body's not me, but it's mine. And that that approach uh applies to my brain as well. That like it's just my Gundam. It's like my my meat mech that I walk around in. And so yeah. I want to take care of that and try to like steward that well and be grateful for it and understand that it's my only vessel for <clears throat> receiving my universe and having emotions and thoughts and physical sensations. So I want to do my best to take care of it without over identifying with it as like me and what kind of like if i'm good or bad person you know but anyway totally. that's my little mini rant about that okay guys thank you so much for being here that's we're gonna call it for today thanks dr nick um we'll figure out uh about noon we're still gonna do meditation uh for quarantine calisthenics if you guys want to be there all this great quarantine gear exists uh if anybody wants to get that at my dot or my good bad brain oh, yeah, stuff what I'm gonna order one. It's I cool, want. man. Uh, the mask. I'm gonna make a black one today because uh, yeah, Nathan. Nathan yeah, Nathan wanted a black one, and I was like, "All right, I'll go figure it, it out."
0: on that.
1: Okay, yeah, I'll let you know. Uh, I'll pop it up later today. Maybe I'll just do it right after this. Um, it takes like a little bit to set it up, but then um, we're gonna do meditation, and I'm gonna see. I'll talk to you, Nick, if if we can figure out because uh, some people have asked about doing a Zoom class, like if we could switch the idea was floated there of switching Cal's decks instead of just IG Live to like a Zoom so we could all be in like a gallery. And that would be a nice approach to try to do for the meditation as well to try to like Zoom that. I'm highly Zoom networked. So yeah, let me know. Okay, so let me all look into that. We'll definitely do it in an hour either way. See you guys. And then tomorrow... This is quarantine stuff, but we start phase two, which I'll talk more about later, which is – I'm changing up the programming because doing, like, full body every day was getting too hard for me, and I think we're limiting our gains. So (laughs) we just need to build some rest in and a little bit more intelligent programming. But, okay. Thank you so much, Doctor Nick, for being here. Thank you, guys. This for post this this week. Uh, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/mygoodbadbrain if you like to throw some cash at the at the, the whole project. Um, and otherwise, yeah, whatever. I'll see you. We'll see you next week and um, noon every day. We're still doing quarantine calisthenics. If you want to hop in, and we're going to meditate today at noon. So see you then. <laughs> all right. Thank you all. I'm ending now. What self care? Hydrate Be well. Bye. Good night. Thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, my Good Bad Brain is a production of Mind Jam Media, it's my little media company. Thanks to uh, Coda for making this theme song with me. And uh, that's it. Mygoodbadbrain.com. Patreon.com slash Brain. You're the best. Have a good one. Self care. Hydrate. Be well.